Time now for the Voice of the Land on the Big Play Network with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Always Positive Jay. <laughs> what a way to start. <laughs> As Jay just <laughs> pays no attention to the opener of the show. No. We've been no. off for a little while, and yet the same stuff is still going on. Boy, I can't I feel like wait. I'm in the, like, a Twilight Zone edition of being a Browns fan. It's like, do, 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 do. And I, can't, I, I just keep waking up to, the, like, oh, it's it, a Groundhog it's Day. Vu. Yeah, it's Groundhog's Day. It, 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 that's what it is. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah, but that movie was funny. None of this is funny. No, none of this is funny. None of this is fun. None of this, and my basketball team is not helping right now. There's too many injuries. We don't have a manager. Our freaking heads, pets are falling off. <laughs> At least Ohio State is number one in some stupid cockamamie early college football playoff thing. That was they're cool. Still... I'm not going to lie. That was cool. We'll talk about that and so much more right here on The Voice Land. We will be joined by Hayden Grove of Cleveland.com coming up at 8.15. The big voice guy said our names. I'm Kevin Arnold. He's always positive, Jay. Peter Tellip is our producer extraordinaire here with us as well. We are brought to you. By Vector Technical, they'll get the right person, the right job the first time. Of course, partner with LPV Productions and proud to be a part of the Big Play family. We are live right now on our YouTube channel and YouTube channel only. Let me see if I can actually get it open. I retweeted it out there, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, I I tweeted it. Okay. Yeah, it's out well, there. I'm sorry, Voice of Land, our digital team, tweeted, X'd, and Facebooked that we're on YouTube. They're on X? Yeah, they're on X. Yikes. Yeah, I know, right? That's, uh, we that's need a, to hire new people. That's a scary, scary thought. That's why I will always call it Twitter. I'm telling you, I'm just not giving Yeah, I, I always call it Twitter. I don't think anybody has a problem with it. Elon, what's Elon Musk going to do to me? Send me to space? Right, Maybe. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, I'd rather do that than be a Browns fan right now. Because we... Oh, our, our quarterback is practicing, guys. Our quarterback's practicing. Oh, he's day-to-day. Oh, he's not practicing. Oh, he might play. Oh, he's not playing P.J. Walk. Oh, he's in the game. Oh, well, he's coming back out. Oh, my goodness. Like, this never-ending cycle. And this, I'm not taking a shot at Deshaun Watson directly because he's got an injury that I don't think was ever diagnosed properly to begin with. Or if it was and the Browns knew that this could take a little while, and they started going with the day-to-day, boy, is that a bad look on Coach Stefanski in this front office. And if they're just parading Coach Stefanski out there to say day-to-day, and the higher-ups know what's going on and knew that this was going to take a while, and they're using him as a scapegoat, well, that's even a worse look. Here's my deal, like... We're from Cleveland. We're supposed to have, like, these amazing hospitals around here, like the top-notch hospitals. And it feels like we always have, like, injury problems and weird things. Like, Baker was diagnosed, cleared by doctors, clearly wasn't good to go. Same people did the same thing with Deshaun Watson, said he was cleared, clearly wasn't good to go. Like, I think it's time to move on from the medical staff, maybe. I don't know. Jana, I mean, mean, Jana was in there. She's always I bet Deshaun would be ready to go. That's yeah, well, saying. she won't. She wouldn't take a job there right now. She that's feels, another subject. Yeah, for that's, a, that's, a, that's, uh, a, that's a whole other issue. That's not. Yeah, we're if not. You, she, they keep rolling those dollar bills in. Maybe I mean, swayed. Uh, money wise, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
they're going to have to pay her. I mean, yeah. you're getting the top doctor we know. Yes, and can and tells me what a, what injury players have before the next day when the actual results come out, the MRI or X-ray, saying, "Oh, yep, that person's got a torn Achilles." Oh, I mean, she called mine. She yes, saw she me did. fall. Jay tore his Achilles. I'm like, thanks. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. So she diagnosed that right there on the field. Yeah. Didn't need any test, any equipment. Didn't even. Have I didn't need it though. Bag. I knew that, but I felt it. So that's yeah. All you had to go through it. She just knew it. Oh man. I could talk about anything else, but at least I'm <laughs> one thing I'm glad that is over. We don't have to deal with is we need to trade for Josh Jobs. If I hear her, oh my god, what? that was driving me insane. Did and the whole time I'm like. They're not going to trade a quarterback they have to play them to beat them. Yeah. What were people thinking? Oh, it was driving me nuts. I'm sorry. I had to did, get it off my chest. Did people not put two and two together on No. That? No. I'm like, why in the hell would Arizona be like, hey, we're playing you next week. Wait, you need a backup quarterback that knows your system? And now oh, knows yeah, sure. our system? Have it. Hey, go ahead. You know, let's get at it. Let's give that have defense. That. We'll give you all... like you know maybe a fifth rounder or, we, or something that we gave you for him. We'll just trade it back and help you out, help you beat us. Because you know, NFL teams are always out helping each other out. Clearly, we've been helped out so many times from other teams. Yeah. I, I the I Brissette just... thing didn't bother me, but the Jobs Dobbs things was driving me absolutely insane. I just was tuning well, in and out of sports talk and i guess the percent uh, thing didn't in none of it affected me because i don't oh, oh, i almost said it i'm so tired i almost said it i don't give a crap about what some weird select group of browns twitter browns x is trying to drum up like every player that comes available they try to we Cleveland thank teams you for calling it browns twitter though and not Browns fans. Thank you. Because yeah, I want to get into that again. Because right. clearly people aren't getting the point. But, like, even Browns Twitter, it's, like, still, like, a select group. I'm not – I don't know how many those people are. But it's, like, there's – we're on Twitter. We're part of Browns Nation. We're not like that. We're not going after – like, we're not saying all these crazy things. We're not just, like, oh, you got to get this person. You got to get that person. Um, First off – um. They don't have to do anything that they don't feel like is going to help their team. Number two, it takes two to tango in a trade. And you're, if you're going to uh, sign a free agent, it takes two to tango there, the agent, the player, and the team. So, like, everybody, everybody always complains about the moves the Browns make or they don't make. But, you know... What if they what if they tried and the other side won't go? Or they just they know already, they already have the information that, hey, this isn't a possibility. We're not gonna pursue it because this person's just gonna keep shutting us down and shutting us down. Like you gotta you gotta see reality sometimes. Now, I don't wanna talk about Deshaun Watson too long. He's at, he's back at practice today. Who uh, that's why I wanna have Hayden on. He was there, he's seen him. I asked right. him if he'd we'll, come on. we'll talk to him about how he felt he looked. I heard uh, yeah. Tony Grossi and what he had to say. I um, haven't heard that yet on yeah, my so, Grossi. Um, I will say, uh, so Tony Grossi, the Browns analyst for ESPN Cleveland in town. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I don't know why. This this weather is just absolutely killing me right now. I feel absolutely fine, and yet congestion, sinuses, allergies. If you deal with that, I feel your pain right now. Literally feeling your pain right now. Um, but 
Tony Grossi said that he looked better than the last time he saw him when he's thinking he shouldn't go in the Indianapolis game, but not as good as the way Twitter was blowing it up to be. So, like, still kind of like a, a discomfort with it. Tony Grossi, at least, like, if he's the starter, like, uneasy. We'll see how the week goes. But at least Deshaun's practicing on Wednesday, and it's not like his first day is Thursday. So see how he reacts tonight. If he practices again tomorrow, maybe he looks a little bit better. Maybe he looks a little bit better on Friday. So then he's back in a rhythm. It's going to take a little bit in that Arizona game to get going. But this team overall, Jay, we haven't had a chance to talk over the last couple of weeks. They're now 4-3. and three. Got two wins back-to-back. A really good win against the San Francisco 49ers. Squeaked one out against the Indianapolis Colts. They, this defense let Gardner Minshew just run all over them. They got the stop. They got the touchdown that they needed right at the end of the game. And then you had a chance to win in Seattle, and you let it slip away. And the defense allowing, um, you know, of course, the turnover, the interception by P.J. Walker. But they were on their own side of the field. Defense just let them march right down. And our former boy, kind of still my boy, an Ohio State player, JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba, scores the winning touchdown. Oh, that was, like, so painful. I'm like, oh, it, it was it was painful. Cause I'm like, same thing. But that's what that's what we're that's what we're used to. But I mean, they're still four and three. You have, have a chance, and this is probably I'm not gonna say like a like a, a must win game in terms of like if you want to get back on track. This is a must win game. This is a game you have to win. You have to get. You should. You should win against the Cardinals, who are trying to tank. They're selling off players. They're benching a guy that was not the problem. They might bring back Kyler Murray against Miles Garrett in this defensive front when he hasn't played in over a year, or they're going to start a rookie. He was playing something. Probably his Xbox. <laughs> Probably his Xbox. wonder if he's actually studied the playbook this year. They, ha- they should get this win because guess what's looming the next week? Back-to-back games, Baltimore, and I believe Pittsburgh is the, is the week right after that. If you really want to make headway in this division, you need to get to five and three, keep that game between you and Baltimore, and tie up the season series. They got a win on your home field. You're going to have to go get a win on their home field if you are still trying to think about the division. You lose that game, the division's out the window. What happened to that defense in that last drive? I don't. What's happened like, to them? Do you think. Here's. I haven't heard too many people say this. And after the interception. The momentum shift, like, do you think that helped that offense, like, dramatically a lot for the Seattle team? Because it's like they just came out on fire all of a sudden. We just, they were stagnant. Our defense was holding them, holding them, holding them, holding them, holding them. They got that interception. It was just like, doop, 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 right down the field. Well, if you remember, the, the drive before for the Seahawks, they made some headway, and then Miles Garrett came up with that big sack mm-hmm. to get them out of field goal range. Yeah to tie up the game so the seattle seahawk offense already had that momentum now the energy feeds into you the adrenaline feeds into you when your defense comes up with a big turnover i'm not going to get into whether they should have run the ball pass the ball whatever like i can say that they should have ran but hindsight's 50 or 2020 2020 yeah not 50 50 but half the time you see what's going on Stefanski drove a great play because there's three or four guys open, you know. So 
Not getting into that's that. That's the thing. It's did you drew up a great play, <coughs> but did you have the personnel in the position that should have been operating? Well, so it's, and if they would have run it and not gotten it, everyone would be saying they should have passed it because they were they were expecting the run. Mm, not as much, I don't think. I, but there'd be some because I mean, there's no, always I, you, someone going to complain. You're always going to have Every, the Monday morning quarterbacks that are going to say the only time they don't complain is when it works, yeah. and then there's still some people that <laughs> they will complain. still complain. Yeah, still going to be people that complain in that situation. But, yeah, the interception just fed more adrenaline. But I go back to that drive before where the defense started to let up again like they did before. Mm -hmm. Look, I know that it's frustrating that your offense, you guys think that you're this best-in-the-world defense. Well, you haven't shown it the last two weeks, and you gave up the game-winning drive against the San Francisco 49ers you got lucky that they missed a 41-yard field goal. The rookie kicker missed a 41-yard field goal. You've given up game-ending drives too often. you got to close the game. You can be all upset that you want. You have to understand the situation. P.J. Walker's the quarterback, or DTR's the quarterback, because your main quarterback is hurt. This offense leads the league in turnovers at 17. The Browns lead the league at 17 turnovers. You need to go out there and get a stop. Do you guys? I mean, if, I I understand if they just all clean the needles. Like those 20- turnovers. Do you realize our how, how good our record probably is? Unbelievable. Like just little things like that. You got to clean up. Right. But the here's the good thing on the defense is we they could show how dominant they could be. They show how great they could really could be. All they need to do now is just focus and play the entire game that way, which they can. Right. I totally can, and I just I hope that's their next step of learning how like because this defense came out on fire, and everyone you know how it is you're mm-hmm. going to get better and you're going to get better and you're going to get better as the season goes on, if you're a good team. So hopefully that's what it happens. But I think you also have to have an offense that actually produces because you you have to give the defense some time to recover. Right. You know because they go all out. I mean Garrett goes I know. all out. I mean they're you know sucking wind in between plays, but if the offense goes out and they're three and out, you know, the defense can't maintain that for a whole game. Yeah. And, and I understand that it's somehow something transitioned where they started getting turnovers, the defense did, but everything else that they were doing during the season just just went away. So, I don't know. We'll talk to Hayden Grove about this defense, Watson – We'll see how much he actually wants to talk about that because I know everybody in this town is kind of kind of over that, breaking down every pass like we've always done with every quarterback. But we will talk to him next, get into some Browns, maybe a little, little Cavs as well as we transition through our show. We got a lot to cover. We only got a little bit of time left. This is The Voice of Land on the Big Play Network. Whether you're looking to hire new talent or start a new career, Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has helped thousands of job seekers advance in their career with reputable partners throughout Northeastern Ohio. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. With an above average hire in rate of one in four candidates, Vector works hard to connect the right person with the right opportunity the first time. Vector Technical hires for skilled manufacturing and light industrial work and is sure to have a career that you've been looking for. To learn more, visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com.
Welcome back to The Voice of the Land right here on the Big Play Network. Kevin Arnold alongside Always Positive Jay and Peter Tellup, our producer extraordinaire. What Jarvis was to Iron Man audio, as we call him, is to The Voice of the Land. We welcome on our guest tonight. He is Hayden Grove. He is from Cleveland.com. He was at Brown's practice today. You've seen him all over town covering all of the different events. Hayden, thank you so much for taking some time tonight to join us. And uh, I'm sure a lot to a lot to cover from practice today, huh? I mean, yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, I don't know. There's like I just told you guys, they're just throwing the ball around. So yeah. not too much to glean off of this or that. I saw a lot of people, you know, I saw a lot of people doing their put put posting their videos out there from practice, but you guys only have a certain amount of time to really see it. What do they do after once the doors are closed on you guys, things like that. I guess just from your perspective, based on maybe what you saw the last time that Watson returned to practice from his time off with his shoulder injury to this version, did it look different? Did it feel different, even though they're not really doing much in the period you guys can watch yeah no it looked different um i thought there was some real zip on the ball and i know that you know people saw my tweet and said oh you're an idiot whatever but it's just my personal opinion that he did as have more zip than he did um you know last week it was he was throwing balls into the dirt and like it really just looked bad but today it looked you know it looked at least serviceable um you know the ball was coming out well uh w- wasn't necessarily airing it out and throwing it 100 miles an hour but um, you know, on the nice, on the short throws, you know, a lot of zip on the ball. And, uh, I, I was just, you know, telling it like I saw it, um, and people didn't like that and that's fine. But, um, I do think he ends up on the ball and I think he looked a ton better than he did last week or against the Colts. I should yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that there's, I mean, we know how much this info, this information each and every single week, day to day, as Kevin Stefanski likes to say, we're following this day by day by day over the last six weeks. And it's weighing on fans. I'm sure some media it's weighing on as well. Just kind of frustrating. Don't really want to talk about it as often. Is, do you feel, do you get a sense that it's weighing on the, on the players at all as well, especially having to be asked about it so often? You know, I, I, I don't think so because the job the job for them stays stays the same right like a running back same the running back's gonna run the same uh gonna do the same thing whether he's you know have his pj walker back there or has deshaun watson back there um damari cooper's gonna run the same route whether he has you know deshaun watson back there or pj walker out there so like maybe a little bit for the receivers more so than anybody else but like Obatonio is going to do his job regardless. Um, Wyatt Teller is going to do his job regardless. Kareem, Kareem Hunt's going to do his job regardless. Like maybe Kareem Hunt has to adjust a little bit to a handoff difference, but like, you know, it's, it's not that much. So no, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't. I think, I think the that, winning you know, helps a more, lot too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for us, I think the more frustrating thing is for the coaching staff, um, you know, having to adjust to a different game plan, a different player, or, you know, Deshaun Watson just not being able to play. That's got to be frustrating. I think, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, he doesn't want to play. I don't necessarily agree with that at all. I think he does want to play. I think he wants to prove that he's the quarterback that he was in Houston, and he hasn't been able to do that yet, whether he's been healthy or not. So um, with each with 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 each opportunity that he doesn't have to do that, I think it gets more and more frustrating. Yeah, I the notion that the guy doesn't want to play is asinine. Honestly, like you see, you've seen how hard this whole offseason, everyone else was doing their thing. And Deshaun Watson was constantly working hard. Like he really wants to become who he once was. Like, I really believe that 
if he can, time will tell. That's I'm yeah. not going to sit there and try to predict that. No, I, I agree. I think that, you know, I think that there's a lot with Deshaun Watson, obviously, but I think the one thing you're right. I think that he absolutely wants to get back out there and play and, and play to his capabilities that he had, you know, in 2020. Um, I think some of the things he says are apps are, are BS. Um, to be honest with you, I think that, uh, you know, he, him saying he's super, super secure in himself and very confident. I don't agree with that at all. I think he's completely, a, he's, I think he's completely not confident in who he is anymore. Um, and I think that's probably part of the reason he wants to go out and play and prove that he is that guy. So like, you know, I, 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 there are funny certain, you say that. There, I thought the same thing. I'm like, you don't, a confident person doesn't have to say, I'm confident in myself. It, you know it. You, ex- you portray it. You, they don't have to say Jet, it. it. If you're ABJ, not, you're, you nailed it. Yeah, you're going to want people to think you are because you know you're not. And that's how I saw that. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Jay, you nailed it. No person that says, I'm no person in the world that is super confident in themselves is going to say, I'm very, very confident. I'm very, very secure. That's not how that works. So I think I think it's a huge adjustment for Deshaun. He's never been a villain. You remember remember when LeBron was a villain in in mm. Miami for that first year? Yeah, he hated it. He didn't he didn't play well. I think Deshaun's kind of the same way. I don't think he's adjusted to kind of being vilified by the, by the NFL yet. I don't think he's adjusted to the you know a lot of even the home fans not being fans of him. So like I think he knows that the only thing that can turn around their the, the viewpoint on him is his play. And he hasn't been playing well, and he's played well in one game. So, like, he does want to get out back out there and be like, okay, I'm, if I play well, people will love me again. But until then, he's not going to be confident. He's not going to be secure in himself. And I just think that's the reality of the situation. And his whole life, he's grown up. Like, you're awesome. You're the great. You're the man. That's right. what he's been told his whole life. And into Houston. His whole life. And then when all yep. that stuff went down in Houston, and he didn't want to play with them, and then he got in the court cases after that, it's never been the same form ever since that. And that's why I totally agree with you. Yeah, and it's human so nature. I mean, there's not. I mean, that's that could be anybody and yeah. me. Like, uh, everyone's of course. Like, like I, I, I dare anyone to have to feel what that feels like to have the world kind of hate you and stuff. You know, it, deserving or not I'm deserving not, is right. God's right. call. I'm not right. here to make that, but right. We're not. We're not here to judge. But like, it, there are people that are going to judge, and like, it's just reality. You're right. It's human nature. Like, I don't necessarily, you know, think that people should be vilifying Deshaun Watson, but like it's reality like we all have you know everybody in like there are people that hate me there are people that hate you it just it is what it is so like um dealing with that can be difficult and uh and i don't think he's adjusted well to it whatsoever so again i think the only thing that's going to kind of build him back up is that is playing well and we'll see if he can play well i don't think there i don't think i think the jury's still out on whether he can play or not i think a lot of people are you know not very excited about it and not very you know um hopeful that he can be sean watson but the reality is that it's still out there in front of them. Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com is our guest. Hayden, to move on from, from Deshaun Watson, this defense giving up a lot of yards, especially to Gardner Minshew two weeks ago and then giving up the final drive this past week. They were put in a difficult situation after the interception. They've been getting more turnovers but giving up a lot more yards, getting out of their gaps, getting out of their lanes. What are you seeing from this defense – are they reading their press clippings too much after like Juan Thornhill saying they're the best in the world? Are they, are they eating that up a little bit too much and maybe got away from what Jim Schwartz initially started with them back in OTAs? No, you know, I I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. Um, I think that the league, you know, when you go from week to week, the league gets better and, and people figure each other out. And, uh, 
You know, I think especially the Seattle game, I mean, the Browns really, after the first drive or so, they settled in. They, You know, that's a hard environment to play in, and they, they found a way to um, to settle in and play really well. And uh, I give Jim Schwartz credit for great adjustments. The last drive, I, I don't think any defense was going to play well in that drive. Um, you know, all momentum that you had just goes out the window. Um, you know, all they need is a field goal to, to – it's just – it's it's tough. So – you know, I'm still gung ho in this defense. I think that they're they're well coached. I think they're a really good aggressive unit. Um, you know, I think that we have to give credit sometimes to the other teams, right? Like Indianapolis, whether they're a good team or not, they are well coached. I, I like their their situation. Um, you know, Johnston Taylor is a good running back. They have a good offensive line. Um, they did some good things in that game. Seattle's obviously a five and what are they a five and two football team at this point? I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're a good football team for a reason. They have a good defense. They have, you know, Geno Smith plays well. So, like, you're not going to – you're just not going to allow 14 points a week playing really good competition. And like, I'm not saying the Indianapolis – I'm not saying the Indianapolis Colts are the best competition, but Seattle – Seattle is a good team, and they were at home, and it's a tough environment. I can't kill the defense of the way they played. Yeah, and I don't think you're ever going to see, like, a Baltimore's – their historic defense or the 85 Bears kind. The rules are just not set up to have defense that yeah. can do that anymore. It's set up that they want them to score points. And it's it's hard. It's harder than ever to play defense right now. On top of the fact that these quarterbacks and wide receivers coming out now are in so insanely athletic and fast. And, yeah, it's just hard to play. There's, It's really hard to play defense in the NFL, I think, right now. But – they do need to do a better job at stalling these last drives these teams have been putting together. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, the two the two minute offense has not been good. You saw it against San Francisco. You saw it against Indianapolis. You saw it against the Seahawks. Um, you know, maybe that's part of Jim Schwartz's kind of scheme that doesn't really, you know, they're not really built for that. Um, they're built to kind of dominate from the get go and then not have to worry about the two minutes. So. Um, because two minutes not easy for defensive linemen. It's just not. I mean, and, and the Browns have a very defensive lineman dominant scheme um, with a five wide or the nine wide. So, you know, defensive linemen do get tired when they're running two minutes. They're going a little faster. Those guys aren't getting as good a pass rush. That can make things difficult. Last thing on the Browns. Credit to Stefanski. I don't know if enough people do that. This team is four and three. Everything that they've already been through, you know, we feel like we've been through at times, a couple different seasons within one with how this whole first seven games have I mean, gone on. There's literally a list of things he's overcome. You're leading the league in turnovers. You're on your third-string quarterback. Your number one offensive threat and Chubb mm-hmm. is out. Your left tackle's out. Like, I got to give it to Stefanski, and I was right. a little hard on him at the beginning of the season. Hayden, how do you assess Stefanski and the job he's done this year and just, just in, in general? It's really hard. I'm not, I'm, I've been very hard on Kevin and um, I will continue to be hard on Kevin. Um, but also, like you said, they've overcome a lot. They've, they've gone through, you know, different quarterbacks and they lost this hard and slower team with Nick Chubb. But like, I think the reality is this guys, and maybe I'm being too hard. I don't know, but I think the reality is this, you sold your soul for Deshaun Watson, right? And you sold your soul for Deshaun Watson so that you could win a Super Bowl. You didn't sell your soul for Deshaun Watson to be an okay team. You didn't sell your soul for Deshaun Watson to, you know, maybe make the playoffs here and there. You sold your soul for Deshaun Watson to win you a Super Bowl. So anything less than that is a failure. And right now, the Deshaun, Watson's, the Deshaun Watson experiment is an F-. minus. So everybody who vouched for the Deshaun Watson experience should be getting an F-. minus. Kevin, Kevin Stavansky included. So 
if Deshaun Watson continues to struggle and continues to not play well and they don't win games, Kevin Smith's going to be fired. Period. End. That's just the bottom line. But with the job that he's done without without Sean Watson, I think he's been good fine, you know. But that's the unfortunate reality is that Kevin Stefanski is going to be judged for better or for worse on what happens with Sean Watson. So, you know, if Sean Watson plays this week and they go and they win five games in a row, then we're going to be, you know, saying how great this was and how great Kevin was and how great Sean is. Well, guess what? That doesn't happen. Kevin Stefanski is going to be gone. So Kevin Stefanski hits his wagon to Sean Watson and. That's going to be that. So it's kind of at this point, I don't, I, I kind of give him an incomplete because Harold, he's I'll, not. I'll put it this way, dude. Let's say they have a winning record. Defense is doing pretty damn good. Just miss out in the playoffs. But Deshaun Watson, the offense is just the same. Done. Out. Yeah. I, here's what I'm going to call. I'm going to tell me. you right now what's going to happen. I could see him out of the corner of my so, eye yeah. because we got the screen here. I'm looking in the Stay camera right. to make it look like I'm looking at Hayden. You see out of the corner of my eye. He's giving the, that signal. Yeah. I'll I'm, call it right no. now what will happen. <laughs> I think they'll keep Schwartz and try to hire Eric Bieniemy as the head coach. Well, whatever it is, you yeah. can't miss the playoffs. You can't. You yeah. can't. I mean, the only, the only – if you miss the playoffs and Deshaun doesn't play, then I think there's even bigger issues like – you know, do you like, do you go to like, um, do you go to, uh, do you look at Andrew Barry for getting fired? Do you look for, do you look for Kevin Stefanski getting fired? Do you look for, you know, Jimmy Haslam to take some blame? I mean, if Deshaun Watson is not playing, you know, this is two years in now. So I don't know. It's, it's a very difficult situation. And, uh, but yeah, if, if, Ke- if Deshaun plays and they miss the playoffs, Kevin's got to go. Got to go. Hayden Grove, Cleveland.com is our guest. Just a couple more things just to switch to the other teams here real quick. And probably yep. two teams that feel okay right now that uh, Browns are and Deshaun Watson are the main story that everybody talks about, and they're kind of being overlooked. And one team is the Cavaliers that are actually playing right now and playing right now in New York. We know that they're dealing with a lot of injuries, and it's an 82-game season, not going to overreact to being 1-3. and three. But one player specifically that with some of the guys that are out, look for him to step up, Evan Mobley now in his third year, kind of underwhelming to start. What are you looking for from him this season to really know that he has turned that corner as he gets into his deeper into his NBA career? This is such a hard one because I think that like, I think Evan Mobley is a really good player, but I I just don't know if he's going to ever be able to shine. If he has guys like Darius and Donovan around him, like he's always going to be the third, fourth option. Um, because Donovan is a superstar and should be treated as such and should play as such. Darius Garland is a three-point shooter and should, you know, is a great player and potential superstar in his own right. So, like, the days of Dirk Nowitzki and KG are gone. Like, they don't – you don't play that way anymore. Unless unless Evan Mobley can hit threes, I don't think he's going to be very – I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I just don't think that's how they play. Like – it's just unfortunately the reality of the situation. Maybe maybe Giannis kind of you know changed that mold a little bit, but I don't think Evan Mobley is Giannis. So I'm willing to give Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley a little more time than everybody else is giving him right now. You know, kind of coming at him because you know it's the start of the season, injuries happen, whatever. But like Chris Fudor is my podcast host on the on the, on the One and Gold Talk podcast, and he talks all the time about how the Cavaliers you know, are gung-ho on, on Evan Mobley and think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And, like, that's their most important player. That's their best player. And I couldn't disagree more because he's not – he's your third or fourth option right now mm-hmm. offensively. So how can he be your best player? Like, okay, he can be a defense player of the year, and that's great, and I love that, you know. But then why are we calling him – like, he can be a Hall of Famer as a defense player of the year every year, but then you can't focus on his offense. 
Like Ben Wallace is a Hall of Famer. Ben Wallace is going to be in the Hall of Fame, but like he wasn't an offensive player. Well, it doesn't seem like Evan Moby's an offensive player right now. So I don't expect that to come. I just don't. I don't think it's going to happen in this NBA unless he's able to develop a three-point shot, and it just doesn't seem like he's going to. He reminds me of, is it Rick Smith from the Pacers? Yeah. That's what he reminds me of. Like, that's why I see, like, his ceiling right now. I agree. I think Donovan Mitchell is the man in Cleveland. Like, me and Kevin were at the game. Center court dude scored 71 points. He should be their main focus right now in Cleveland. And Garland's well, too. Yeah, and but everybody talks about all the time that Evan Mobley is the is the player that if Donovan Mitchell does, you know, move on, and that's not gonna get into that conversation right now, but if he does move on, like Evan Mobley is the person they're supposed to be building this team around. But even as a third or fourth option, to be like to know that you're on the track to being a superstar player, when you get the ball, you have to be more decisive. There's games where he is and he's aggressive. And there's there's too many games that I've seen in the past where, you know, he's he's a nice kid. He's a nice person. You can't be that way on the floor, especially if you're going to be a big man out there. You need to assert yourself like Julius Randle did against him last night. If you're going to be if you're going to be the the number one option, you have to play like Giannis. And he's not nearly Giannis. Mm -mm. He's nowhere near Giannis. And like Giannis put on muscle and Giannis found a way to get big and strong. And Evan's not even close to that yet. So like, do we wait another couple of years for that to happen? Or do we just stop putting the expectation on him that he's going to be a hall of famer and just say, okay, unless he puts on weight, this kid's going to be okay. And you know, every team needs okay players and they need good players. And like, you know, I, I think there's a lot of expectation being put on a guy that like just hasn't proven much of anything yet outside of the fact that he's an elite defender and that's great. We the Cavs need elite defenders. That's awesome. But like, I don't think we should be, you know, using him as the number one option um, for the Cavaliers as, you know, a scorer. Um, unfortunately, I, between family stuff and not being able to watch the Cavs game because of Bally's, how did Imani Bates look last night in his – he got some minutes I seen. and I seen his stats were all right, but those could be misleading. So I didn't get to watch, so if you saw it. I didn't get to watch, I didn't get to watch either, no. I was not there. Anybody get to watch Imani Bates looked good. I mean, he's going to jack up shots when he gets when he gets the opportunity. Um, I mean, look, the Cavs in general shot less than 30% from three, less than 40% from the field last night. Even with the, in, even mm. with the injuries, um, the ball movement was there. People aren't knocking down shots. We're getting open looks yeah. in the corner for Dean Wade. We're getting open looks for Max Struess still, even though the injuries are there and guys, there's more focus on a guy like Struess. He was still getting open looks. Went one for seven from the floor last night. Not good enough. Again, I'm not overreacting, and I'm not going to push Evan Mobley out of town or anything like that, but the reality is he's not playing for what we're being told that he is supposed to be and how this team sees Evan Mobley and the, and the rest of the squad yeah. is not playing. They keep talking about, we had to get tougher after that Knicks series through the first four games. I haven't seen them learn their lesson yet. Yeah. I think it's too early. Um, you know, I, I agree with you that Evan has given you enough, but like, I think it's too early. Um, I yeah. think you gotta, you know, give him, give him a little while. Um, but I, I do agree that, you know, I think I, I don't think it's Evan's fault. I think it's all this narrative about Evan being this yeah. and that. I don't think he's ever I don't think he's ever been that. I don't think he'll ever be that. And maybe that's my bad opinion. But it's the reality that I see is that I see him as like, you know, uh, maybe like a big Z, which is still an all star caliber player. Yeah. Like, or Bosch. Bosch was the third option as, in heat, for the heat. 
And he was no, extremely... Cavs, no, 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 no. No, the Cavs would love him to be Chris Bosh. I don't think he's Chris Bosh. But I'm saying Chris Bosh to Miami, where he didn't get the opportunities he Cavs. was in Toronto. But he was there being defensively, passing the ball from the paint, and getting the rebounds and playing defense. Like, Miami didn't want Chris Bosh scoring 26 points a game. They wanted his defensive rebound and passing, really. I think the Cavs would be lucky to get Miami Chris Bosh out of yeah. Evan Mobley. I mean, oh, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. And that's that's what he, yeah. we want him to be. That's what he should be. Yeah. And see, yeah. what what we're seeing from Evan Mobley is what the night he was drafted, what I initially thought he was, and then just like everybody else, I kind of like I started hearing like how the Cavs saw him and started to see him on the floor and thought he was, you know, I thought he was a little bit better than what I even anticipated. But I think he is what he is, and – it's it's great to have that specialty on defense. You're still going to be in the league for a long time if you can continue to play Hell great yeah. defense. But Hell yeah. being the star and being the focal point of this team, I didn't see him that as that initially, and I let too much of that, you know, just like how Hayden was just talking about, like that, how he's been built up, and I think every fan has heard that and is now maybe even more so than me overly criticizing him and, and either – they don't want anything to do with him because yeah. of that narrative that they've heard. Yeah. Like this, yeah. you're it's, not what I'm being told you are like, and that's not fair to the player of Evan Mobley. That's not that. That's exactly it. Is that like, he shouldn't be getting blamed for that because, right. because it's not, he's, it's not that he's not working hard. It's not that he's not a good player. It's that the organization is, you know, pouting him as this otherworldly next Giannis, which is just a ridiculous, you know, that's a ridiculous comparison yeah. to begin with. And, and, and when he's not playing up to him, it's playing up to that. It's not his fault. He doesn't have that capability. So, like, I don't see Jan, I don't see Evan as anywhere near that. I think I see Evan as a, a an elite, elite, you know, generational defensive player and a guy that can maybe help you a little bit off on offense. But like, KG is an elite player of all. Like, mm-hmm. these guys are the guys that he's being compared to are just yeah. elite players in general. They're trying to have him like, fill the Dirk, void Dirk, LeBron Dirk, left. I think. Right, Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki is like a top five scorer in NBA history, and we're comparing Evan Mobley to him. Yeah, like come uh, on, yeah, that's not that's not, completely unfair. Yeah, you never want to be the guy after the guy either. Like if, right. if the people are trying to build Evan Mobley up to be that, like that's just again that's not fair to him. Real quick, Hayden. No, it's not. You think we're ever, you think we're gonna get a Guardians manager announced here any uh, anytime soon? Uh, probably probably December. Yeah, probably, uh, December. probably before before December. Um. They'll let the World Series play out. They'll do a couple more interviews. I would say probably before December. Do, do you take? I don't know. It, it, I don't know who it's going to be. I have no idea. Right, but are is it concerning at all that they've had? You know, like some of their maybe what we're being told their top targets just turn them down for even interviewing, and that is it concerning to you? Like how extensive they are going through this process? Like how many candidates they have? No, no, I'm not concerned with any of it. Um, I like I've told people before. I would, I would put my life in the hands of Chris Antonetti and uh, Mike Chernoff. I would. Um, I trust those guys immensely. I think they're incredibly bright. I think they're incredibly good at their jobs, um, and I think they'll pick the right candidate. Now, I think it's great that they do have such a wide net. Um, in, interview as many candidates as you can. See what you're looking for. See what you find. Um, you know, I, I do. I don't like the fact that Sarbaugh is going to leave, and I don't yeah. like the fact that you know some of the some of the other guys are going to leave. But like, you do need some new blood in there if you're going to have a new manager. And um, I, I like the fact that they kind of have this wide net of different guys. So like, you know, I would trust anybody they bring in, unless I think it's really bad. Like, you know, if they like bring in Maniacta again or something. I mean, 
which they wouldn't do. So I'm in, I'm in, I'm very excited, very intrigued to see what they're going to do at the manager spot. And um looking forward to that immensely. Yeah. I, the Sarby news today definitely hit myself and, and my wife. We're yeah. big baseball fans, but like you said, yeah. trust these guys in this front office because what the resources they've been given, what they've been able to do and help Terry Francona and this organization stay in contention or stay relevant over these last 11 years has been, has been tremendous. And I have nothing but, faith that they're going to find the right guy for this next group and this young group that they have hayden grove cleveland.com thank you so much for taking some time here tonight to join us always love having you in the show you got any plugs yeah any plugs that you that you, you got, want i mean you do all like floor. seven different things like yeah you got no. something coming when's out. your next when you when's your next outing to you know like singing event because i know holidays are coming yeah. up so you can have a lot of them yeah check out my events page haydenfrankgrove.com slash events um I'm singing at Crockard Park tomorrow, and um, yeah, I mean, just go check out the events page. I'm all over. December will be a crazy month with uh, with Christmas coming around, so looking forward to it. So, yeah, at H underscore Grove on all platforms, and um, yeah, check out my stuff. Yeah, check out Hayden Grove. He does a tremendous job. He's been on more than once, so he's considered a friend of this show, and we always enjoy talking to you, Hayden. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Guys, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. There he is, Hayden Grove, Cleveland.com. We got to hit a break. We'll be back right here on The Voice of Land on the Big Play Network. Are you struggling to hire the right talent or maybe even find the right career? Vector Technical makes it easy. Since 1992, Vector has provided Ohio employers with a reliable process for hiring and have helped thousands of job seekers advance in their careers. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. We invest time to get to know each client and candidate personally. Vector places people and job opportunities that they are truly excited about. Interested in learning more? Visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com to see a full list of our current job opportunities and to find out what Vector Technical can offer you. Get your gear at voiceoftheland.com forward slash shop. Welcome back to The Voice Land right here on the Big Play Network. We had just had a chance and a great conversation with Hayden Grove of Cleveland.com, friend of the show. Always love talking to him. Always love his perspective because it, I, he keeps things real like we do here. He sees reality. Like when we used to talk to him about Baker Mayfield, he saw reality with that and not just people that had an agenda and wanted to push him out of town. That's why I love talking with Hayden. And, you know, we covered the Browns. We kind of talked about the Browns in the first segment. But we also talked Cavs and, and talked about Evan Mobley. You know, I, I know what he's saying, and I agree with him that I think Evan Mobley is more of what we've seen from him than he is this superstar that he's being built up to be. But especially when Darius Garland is out, your running mate at center, Jared Allen is out, you don't have Karis LeVert who could be a six-man-of-the-year type candidate. That's the type of uh, run that he went on towards the end of last year and found his role, found his niche with this team. And you don't have your backup point guard. You just have Donovan Mitchell. He's going to get most of the shots. you got to be that second option. you got to be aggressive. Last night I saw Julius Randle push Evan Mobley, got his shoulder into him, never extended the arm. I thought sometimes it could have been an offensive foul, but he was just dipping that strong shoulder into him and – literally just bullying him, huh? bullying him, clearing space. Like he, Evan Mobley moved from the, his defensive spot backwards. 
three times, and it was the same move. Shoulder, 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 bucket, shoulder, shoulder, Dude, shoulder, bucket. There is really – there's nothing worse than when you can't stop that. Because when I would play in our rec league, so many – like, I'm supposed to be playing, like, at a, a guard position, but then, like, a couple people wouldn't show up, and they're like, Jay, we need you to play center. I'm like, what? And they'd be like, guys that are, like, 6'5", 280, and they're just backing me down. My little 180 self back then, just backing me down, bullying me. And you feel so, like, I don't know the word to put it, like, defenseless. You're like, I can't do nothing. This guy is just beating me up. He's taking my manhood from me. You, know, you just get so frustrated in the moment. So I kind of feel bad for the guy, man. He needs to start working out more. Well, I mean, I'm looking at the stats from tonight because, again, they're playing the Knicks tonight. They got beat 109-91 to last night. Looks like Karis LeVert is back for uh, for the Cavs tonight. He was out last night, so that is good to see. Um, Donovan Mitchell has 23 points. The rest of the starters, Karis LeVert, 7. Evan Mobley, 3. Max Struess, 5. Dean Wade has not offered any points tonight. Um, looking at the at the bench... They've gotten three from Niang, four from Caleb Porter he Jr., has not been four very for good for us, Tristan Niang. Thompson. So your leader right now is Donovan Mitchell, and that's the There's only Max option. There's Max again, 0 for 4 from 3. That dude came in, and his shot is <laughs> silky smooth. Like, he's got a stroke. But, man, he has been cold as all hell, like, of late. Yeah. and he's killing us, dude. And, yeah, so not hitting from the three. I'm just kind of – I'm trying to look for, like, percentages here um i'm also looking at like the the totals okora wasn't too, like in the stats didn't seem too bad for a guy that you're looking for defense he was giving yeah. you some offense yeah so it's just i don't know man this team is so beat up and hurt right now like i just don't care like i i, I give two craps it's the beginning of the nba season they're barely trying anyways yeah. i'd rather like let me get beat up and hurt now and then We'll heal up about, you know, this, the, the next session of the uh, season. And then by, like, the third and fourth quarter, we'll be uh, good to go. So we're 7 of 18 from three tonight. To That's start fun. The game. Now, defensively, playing a little bit better. It's 50 to 49. I mean, it's going back and forth. But 7 of 18 from three. Like, I think in this new system, I think we're th- – we're taking too many threes. I, I get that you have a green light, and if, you, if, if you're a good shooter. Kevin, do you love the new NBA and its million three-point shots? No. Neither do I. No. I don't either. Like, my whole life I was in playing basketball, I was trained to, like, you got to get the ball closer to the hoop so you can get a higher percentage shot, and it just went complete opposite. So like, pull further away from the, show, the hoop and shoot it from deeper than deeper than ever. Well, here's and the good news, though, from three. From three. That 7 of 18 is good for 39%. Like, if you're a 39% to 40% three-point shooter individually, you're looked at as a great shooter. So, mm. like, if you're shooting that as a team, that's actually pretty good. So, they're knocking down threes, but Donovan Mitchell needs someone to come with him. If this, if this team is going to get a win tonight... He can't play hero ball all the time. He can't play hero ball because guess what? He starts playing hero ball, what do you get back to you? You get back to the stanky leg offense that we used to see with the stanky LeBron. leg offense kills the rest of your it's team's one on offense. five at that point. All they have to do, all the all the defense has to do is just crash in. And if you know these shooters on the outside, they're not worried about them. They'll give up a three pointer right now because 
you know, yeah, the Cavs are shooting 39% from three tonight, but it's not like someone's going off. It's it's Donovan Mitchell. I mean, what is? let me look at Donovan Mitchell from three tonight. He's five of seven for 71% from three. Damn. He's so good, man. Yeah. He's so good. So that means... Oh, that means you have two three pointers from the rest of your 12 man squad. That's terrible. Yes, that is. So someone else needs to come with him. And that's got to be that's got to be Evan Mobley. He just needs to. He needs to ever seen the movie Dodgeball. Yes, I need that coach. And he's got to do the same treatment he did to the like older throw wrenches at people and knock. No, he's just got to get mad. You got to get angry. That's what I need from Mobley. I want him to get mad. Yeah. And if you're going to be a big man in this league, like, yeah, there's a finesse game to the three-pointer, but there are still times. Dude, like, how lovable is Shaq? Shaq is one of the nicest yeah. guys. You just, like, everyone wants has to hang out with Shaq. Has a lot of fun. Charles Barkley has a lot of fun. sure in the hell, dude, you could give me another t- a foot, and you'd be like, guard Shaq. I'd be like, I'm cool. That dude's mean. Well, and like Charles the, Barkley, mean. Like the NFL, are the rules different? Yeah, so like some of that stuff can't go on that used to go on with those guys. But look, I've Joel seen. Embiid is mean. Yes. Uh, Giannis. That dude that we cut that's on the Knicks. Uh, I, oh. Hartenstein. He's mean. He yeah. plays with an edge. Like he's upset. Like teams cut me and I'm here to get my money and no one's taking it from me anymore. And. Like, he's playing with an edge. He plays you, with an edge. You seen that the, other guy, other, uh, Mitchell on their team, he plays mean. He had eight points last night. He was four for four from the floor. All four were dunks. I'm pretty sure they were all offensive rebounds coming off the rim because we collapse and we don't, like, you, you know. know who else is mean? Tim Duncan. That dude looks like the calmest guy you'll ever meet. He's yeah. one of the biggest blank talkers in the NBA, yeah. up from what I hear. And he because it doesn't matter how much you guys are friends you talk off the floor i'm great with that i don't i'm also not one of these people i'm not like one of these older people get off my lawn like oh my gosh why are you high-fiving why are you guys chatting it up and hugging pregame or or postgame guess what i know the new era i know that they're all friends Mm -hmm. that's fine but what like lebron played against Dwayne wade he played against chris bosh he played against all his friends did he act that way? Did he just back off because his friend was right there ne- like next to him on, or on the other side? No. When the ball goes up in the air, until the final whistle of the game blows, until there are no more minutes or seconds for you to try to win the game, play in the game, all of those friendships need to be blocked out. The players that turn from good to great to all-time great are the ones that are able to block those moments out and just go and do what they are doing. Now, Donovan Mitchell is kind of doing that, and he's having a great game. He's a great player. He's in Madison Square he's Garden. Mean. He's in the Mecca of basketball. Most of the time, it's the stars that aren't on the Knicks that see Madison Square Garden as the Mecca of basketball. It's not the Mecca of basketball for New York Knicks basketball. It's the Mecca of basketball for opposing star players, for Big East basketball, for college basketball, for any other basketball event that's not New York Knicks basketball. Knicks are a good team now, so that might start to change. But for everybody else, it's like Madison Square Garden for the Cavs has become what Heinz Field Acrisure Stadium for the Steelers is for the Browns. Weird stuff, Twilight Zone level stuff happening there. 
If they two? start playing Renegade, I'm out. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's a cool atmosphere, like how it, like one of the few arenas that has that like the spotlight just on the court. But boy, this Cavs team needs to needs to step up. Karis Levert or Evan Mobley needs to be the guy that goes along with Donald Mitchell. And then if those guys start going, guess what? Now it opens up things for Max Struess. You can go back to him and try to get him off of this difficult night. One of 11 so far in a game and a half of basketball against the Knicks. Not what we brought him in for. We brought him in to knock down threes, and he's going to get plenty of open looks. Keep shooting, Struess. I don't want to overreact, but... Again, there's little things that you don't want to become bad habits that keep coming up as the season goes along. That's what we will call out no matter how early a season is. We got one final break. On the other side, college football playoff rankings, Ohio State. I need to talk about a good team. We'll talk about that next on The Voice of the Land, the Big Play Network. Are you looking for a career in manufacturing? Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has partnered with some of the biggest and the best companies throughout Northeastern Ohio. The recruiters at Vector Technical will coach you through the entire job process and will help you land an opportunity that you are truly excited about. Vector does not add any additional fees and offers benefits as well as free online skills training through Penn Foster. To learn more, visit www.vectortechnicalinc.com and make sure to check out our job board to see a full list of our current opportunities and apply. This is the Voice Land, the Big Play Network. Kevin Arnold, always positive. Jay Peter Tellup, along with you tonight, or if you're listening, listening on replay on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcast platforms, watching us on replay on our YouTube channel at Voice Land Podcast. We thank everyone and anyone that tunes in for even any sort amount of time to our show. We really appreciate it and appreciate being a part of the Big Play Network. You're a professional, man. I try to distract this guy right before every, like, <laughs> after the break. I'm like, blast off. He's like, five, four, three, two. Lock in, man. He's locked in. Locked in. That's what you got. Hey, cameras go on. Time to go. He's like, Ball goes <laughs> up in the air. Time Game to face. go. Not time to be nice. Time to, time to get to work. Time to be a professional. Evan Mobley and the rest of the Cavs squad, besides Donovan Mitchell. Time to get professional. Time to get professional. Game face. Game face. Second half, Don't game talk face. about it, be about it. That's that right. Stuff. That's Cliche. right. Now, a team that's kind of being about it this year, they are undefeated. Still questions a quarterback there. Uh, each game kind of gives you a roller coaster with Kyle McCord. That is the Ohio State Buckeyes. But they've been ranked as high as three in the AP and coaches poll the whole time through these first eight games. Last night, Buckeyes ranked number one in the initial college football playoff rankings. First off, NCAA and the crazy organization that that is. I, boy, I'm sure that team up north is just going to get a whole nother segment. Yeah, that's a whole <laughs> nother segment. That's but another like that's a whole show. They're trying to continue to be relevant when the NFL is the cheaters. Is, oh, them. About team NCAA up north, the cheaters up north. Oh, they're, they're always trying. They're to not even the team no more. They're just cheaters. They haven't played anybody. So if they're whining and complaining today that they're three. Do they cheat against bums? Yeah. Like, did, did you guys see the pictures of who, like, allegedly Connor Stallions, this guy that's. Yeah. This is oh, oh, dressed up in uh, Central Michigan. Yeah. 
I, I heard. I didn't see the pictures, but I heard that. I'm like, so weird. Yeah. Wow, that's. Yeah, this that this is the most Jim Harbaugh thing of like all time. Yeah, like he would do this. And I mean, some people would say the same thing about Ohio State, but in this case, I'm sure I'm sure they'll get a slap on the wrist, just like another big program like Ohio State, just a slap on the wrist type of thing. Like everybody would always clamor for that. But yeah, I he's if they do get heavy sanctions or there's talk of heavy sanctions, you know where he's going. He's leaving. He's going to the NFL. Oh yeah. I saw a report to the NFL might not be a good place for him to go right now. They might not. They might want to distance themselves from that, him right now. Oh, the NFL doesn't care about no. No. controversy. No. Yeah. True. No, I mean, like, like we're in the news. Sweet. <laughs> I mean, right. all news is good news. I know some them. people don't like you to bring it up again, but like the face of your franchise, the two hundred thirty million dollar mm. quarterback. I mean, got it. Like got another chance after some heavy, heavy allegations. You know, <laughs> Peter's like after calculating. <laughs> Pro Jim athletes Harbaugh will have a job. I mean, in the he, NFL. like I, I'm all he for did second suspension. chances. I mean, he, yeah, you know, I know, and I'm all for second chances. But when you start getting, in, you start doing the same thing, and you you still get four, five, six, seven, eight, nine chances because you're so talented and you can make millions of dollars. Like, all right, you know, the NFL doesn't care. They just want to make money. NCAA, they just we want to make money. About. Do you think they deserve that? That's what I was going to ask you. Um, I'd say I'd have to say it'd be Georgia, honestly, if I was going to pick a number one team, and I'd put Ohio State too, because I think Ohio State's defense is playing insanely good. So I think these college, these early college football playoff rankings tell you something that the door is kind of open this year. Georgia's won the last two. Dude, but, there's really no dominant NFL. Uh, I don't college think the, team this yeah, year. like the top, like top of the top against top of the top. I don't think that there is a dominant college this would have team. been a great year to have the first what is it eight or t- 18 tournament next year 12 is it 12 yeah, yeah. 12 this would have been a great year because there's a lot of parity i mean yeah i mean look at air force look at what they're doing look at alabama well you look with the and finally falling off thank you with the nil stuff oh, and the the transfer portal for alabama changes, that's a fall off you know that's that's why it's changed because now these guys yeah, it used to be what was it? The transfer portal. You entered in. You had to wait a, a year. year. Now it's not. And now with the nil stuff, it's like, hey, look, there's all this money available for you if you're talented. So these guys, there's no reason for these guys not to jump ship and go to some place where they're gonna be the number one guy. They're gonna play. They're not sitting. I mean, they're not Joe Burrow sitting behind other yeah. quarterbacks at Ohio State. That's why Caleb Williams has talked about not even going to the NFL. Yeah, like he until to. he has to, like until his eligibility is up, because he can make he can make more money, or at least make money while he's still playing. He's college. making millions. He could probably make more. He could probably make more money. Yeah, uh, you know, because then he would get advertisement money. I, he'd make more I'm advertisement just, than NFL contract. Yeah, but then if you're a number one pick, you're start. You're gonna get yeah, he's endorsement, probably, endorsement, endorsement. Yeah, ABC. Yeah, he's probably already falling down draft boards after those two uh, two losses they suffered. Well, I mean, yeah, that's just <laughs> it though. He's looking at who's. You know where he's most likely going to go, and that's where he's deciding. Hey, maybe yeah. let's stick around for another year. And, and it's see what team gets a better draft pick next year. Maybe a team that had it like ready to like the Jets. But then you like, don't know who also who's going to trade up. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, players not just even in the NBA anymore. Players are having a lot more ability to have control of where they go from the start. 
before the start of their professional careers. Like that's like it was. I mean, James Harden whined his way into oh my, the situation. He oh, was. I didn't want to talk about him. Oh, I he's can't. the worst. He is the worst. Oh, and I I hear people talking about well, like the way we talk about James Harden, like we we know that he's not about winning championships. So like we you know we kind of put that to the side. We we let that go. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What like? That is temper tantrum type stuff. Here, you want and to know he this, got his, He's gotten his way three different ball. times, and guess what? He's, like, the problem. He is the problem. Here's the Clippers season for you right now. Westbrook's going to throw up bricks. Harden is going to fade away in the playoffs. Paul George is going to get hurt, and Kawhi will stay hurt. And that's why that's why I think Philly got the better end of the deal. That's why I told like my kid at work's like, oh, they got a crap into the deal. I'm like, no, dude. They got, got players who want to play. Cancer and you got role players that can go around and be. I'm like, they don't need another superstar there. They're gonna empower Maxi and say Embiid, go get it. Yeah. Who cares? There's a they do have a small bat like a smaller backcourt than I'm just saying, James Harden's the worst. So Ohio State, guys. <laughs> Ohio State. Yeah. Um like you trust Mike McCord? Because I mean, I won a national championship. You say Mike McCord? No, do you Kyle? trust McCord? I might have just stuttered it. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I, I was like, Mike McCord. What? <laughs> Who's that? Is he better Kyle than Kyle McCord? Whatever. <laughs> do you do you trust him? Because I mean, I watched the Buckeyes win a national championship with Krenzel, and I love Krenzel, but he was not a good quarterback. If we're being good, right? Yeah. But Krenzel at least used more options than just one, and I know that that option Did is he? like the best in college football. But I mean, you or had you what Chris ha- Gamble, and he pretty much handed the ball off to Morris Corrette, or he ran it, or he threw it to Chris Gamble. That was like, that was the offense that. No, but somebody's better. Defense. It was our defense that was insane, like this team. I mean, if we can get a Mecca Buka back, that's going to be huge because then guys can't teams can't continuously double Marvin Harrison because guess who's going to be open over the middle? A Mecca Buka, right. third down, third down slot wide receiver. Emeka Buka is really, really good. He doesn't get enough coverage because of who's next to him. That's Marvin Harrison Jr. If they, he can come back from injury, that's great. If Travion Henderson can stay healthy, that run game looks a lot different. Oh, he's so much better than the other guys. Uh, prayers out to Maya Williams. That's yeah. going to you know season-ending surgery. But Travion Henderson, and then you have, you know, you can use Xavier Johnson, Trip, uh, Chip Tranum, Dallin Hayden, like, you have options in that backfield. Everybody, like, Ohio State, every time that there's a question about them, they seem to, the next game, it seems like they answer that question. Like, they can go to that level. They can use that. They can use this. The inconsistency of Kyle McCord, and yes, I know he only has three interceptions on the year, but those big moments, hostile environments, you're going to go to one at the end of the year. That's the game you're going to have to win. That's what's going to determine all of this mm-hmm. you need to win that one get to a big 10 championship take on who's ever in the west who's probably a crap ass team look that that's what this season is going to come down to is that last game and it is fair or unfair well, when I you're mean, getting five-star recruits year, all over so the place we got a better chance yeah i don't put it all on the cheating though like we have been out physical i'm gonna constantly just like just like now. the Cavs and the knicks Cavs against the Knicks. Like what I've seen. So here's the deal. This Ohio State team, and I'm, I'm not upset with 
with all of it, like I've I've liked the toughness and the physicality that this team has shown and this defense has shown. But Jim Knowles and that defense has to do it up up at that school up north. I'm gonna the offense. You're not gonna say it wasn't because of that though. Since the Buckeyes have always been good and they've given me my two championships, I'm totally gonna blame it on them cheating. Cavs gave you a championship. I let them off the hook all the time too. <laughs> Why do you think I said I didn't care what's going on with their season? I'm like, hey. oh, they're the Cavs, hey. man. They're gonna pull it together. It's early in the season. We'll be fine. It just people are hurt. I let the Cavs all will, all will have a pass forever, dude. The hey. Browns, not so much. Hey, we're up right in the, now. In the yeah. Guardians, not so much. Maybe we'll get a manager. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. I'm but- actually, I'll tell you this much. I didn't say it when Hayden was on. I don't have that much faith in this team right now. I don't. I think we're going to go in a bad place. I have the. I have a. How many coaches did we go through after Mike Hargrove? Before we got Tito. Yeah, you don't want to be the again. You don't want to be the guy after the guy. You know why we got? I believe why we only reason we got Tito, is we were lucked out because it's pretty much like the LeBron effect. We lucked out by getting him to come back because he was from here. Tito's dad played here, and I frankly think he was so sick of the Boston media. He's like, all right, I'm going home where I know these people. Dude, who's going to want to coach this team? Like, hey, guys, we're going to bring you in here, and we're going to give you this hell of a pitching staff, and then when the guys get really, really good, we're going to trade them for people to build a future. Meanwhile, we're going to stick you out with this outfield that hits like a combined four home runs the all season long, and we got this Hall of Famer at third base, but we're really not going to surround him with too much. We'll give you Josh Naylor, and that's about it. Or they can go, or we can go to this big market team like New York Mets, who's just going to be like, "We'll spend whatever you need on whatever player." What are you going to do? I don't know. I yeah. mean, like, I mean, look, Sandy doesn't want the job. Will Venable turn him down? Like your own team, Craig people are turning you down. Craig Council's either staying with Milwaukee or he's going to New York with the Mets because yeah, he ain't coming here. I don't want him here. You want Stephen Vogt? I can't look at that dude all year long. I have bad memories of that guy. Why wasn't Mike Sarbuck considered? Why was? Why is Demarlo Hale's name just somehow out of it? Are they trying to clean? Like if they're trying to clean house and do like a whole new philosophy, like I I understand that. I don't like seeing Sarby go because he's been great for us. But yeah, I don't. I have faith that they they can make the right decisions, and this front office has shown us that. But they're hampered by well, if Craig Council's interested more interested in this job than the Mets, but he likes the money from the Mets more than us, and I can hear the conversation already. Chris Antonetti goes to Paul Dolan, hey, can we, if we can kind of come close to that number, we can get a really good baseball mind in here. No, I, I'm sorry, we can't give you that money. Where's this minority owner that's supposed to be gradually taking over? I haven't seen any of that money infused, like. This keep go keeps going back, and I think people turn them down because part of it is is the financials. And yeah, I know we can't pay up and pay a lot of money all the time, but sometimes Emmett says it all the time on ESPN Cleveland: scare money, don't make money. Yeah, has anyone talked to Miles Garrett about uh, the minority ownership of the Guardians? No. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, he bought the Cavs. Oh, I see oh, what you're yeah. saying. Yes. <laughs> Miles, 
Went right over his head, Peter. Yeah. Right over his head. That I mean, that's he, a guy who could walk into the office, be like, spend money, and they're going to be like, yes, sir. <laughs> he just flex his arm and be like, we'll spend whatever you want. Please don't sack me. Yeah. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. He wear, he wear the Jeepers <laughs> Creepers outfit in there, and it'll really scare him into doing some business. Well, yeah, yeah, scare that, Kevin, too, though. How'd that work out, though? It wasn't his fault. <laughs> it wasn't his fault. And I will never get on the train <sighs> of... TJ Watt makes plays as much as I hate him. TJ, like I, Miles Garrett made a play on the drive before. But if you're going to be an all-time great and you're going to be defensive player of the year, you got to go make the next play. You have no, to make that play. I'm not putting that one on. You I'm have sorry. to put the game winner. I'm not putting. We're it, in this show. I'm not getting in this conversation. I'm not putting it on Miles. I'm I just, know. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying. I won't blame him at all for that loss. Could he have done one more play? Sure. I, all I'm going to say is his costume had nothing like. People like he shouldn't be concentrating on wearing a costume. It took him. He paid someone to go get him the costume and do the stuff. It had nothing. The costume had no out. I could the say. You could. At the start I, of the game, the defense looked like they saw Jeepers Creepers all over the place in Seahawks uniforms. But then they stepped it up and then didn't finish. So, you know, it's a roller coaster, and it's just great to be a Cleveland fan. Never yeah. a dull day in Cleveland. Never. That's it for the Voice of the Land on the Big Play Network. I'm Kevin Arnold. He is always positive. J for Peter Tellup. Don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. We love you all, 3,000. Don't talk about it. Be about it. And live life. All gas, no brakes. We'll be back another time here on the Voice of the Land on the Big Play Network.